Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 240. We live, we here. Survived the hurricane for those of you guys. If you don't live in Florida and you're seeing some of the devastation, yes, at certain parts, especially the coastline and any area with severe flooding, there was some damage. As far as me and my family, we're doing good. Nothing too crazy, too serious. Maybe some trees here and there that were uprooted. But aside from that, we living right. Now, 240. 240. It's something from 239 to 240. If you haven't checked out Vivid Nectar Podcast episode 239, go check it out. Come back over here. And some of the topics we're going to be covering this episode, it's going to be rappers claiming to be blackballed just because they numbers, they're not adding up. They're not as high as they used to be. And there's a difference between actually being blackballed and just a natural decline commercially, as far as numbers in an artist, in a rapper's career. And there's, there ain't nothing wrong with it. Not everybody could stay at the top. Not every rapper can continue to just every single project, every single song, just continuously climb, 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 climb. There comes a certain point, depending on the rapper, it's going to be a fall off. Now, as far as the numbers, we've seen the fall-offs. As far as the quality, that's subjective. So we're going to be speaking on that topic. From there, we're going to be going over to the manga side of things. Baruto, I did not cover the past two chapters, but here we are. I'm going to be going over it. Y'all know how we like being tortured every single month. And, you know, to speak on some of the highlights, some of the things in the chapter that I'm actually enjoying. From there, I've been, not I've been, I said, and I did implement track reviews against something that I made a main focus of this podcast. I'm slowly going going to up the consistency as far as the track reviews, putting them onto the podcast episodes. I'm going to be chopping them up also in the podcast for you guys if you ever want just the individual track reviews instead of having to, you know, click here, click there for the timestamps. Looking out for y'all. We're going to be going over Freddie Gibbs, Rabbit Vision, Roddy Rich, Stop Breathing, Quavo, Take Off, Nothing Changed. From there, we're going to be discussing some numbers about some other artists. And then we're going to we're going to be going over some of the Vivid Nectar content, some of the things I have planned, and how things have been looking over the past two months. Tomorrow is October, officially like the final, the final quarter of the year. And so sort of my goals before the year ends, things that I plan on doing. And of course, I appreciate y'all for tuning in, for tuning in this much. And here we are. We're going to have fun with it. Baby on Baby 2, the baby's album, first week, 17K. 17K first week. And, you know, there's the there's a part of me whenever it comes to appreciation of any kind of sales because, you know, just to be able to make it to that level, just to be able to even make 17K is an achievement. Sometimes we might, by we, I mean, you know, I could say me and you, you know, as if you are into numbers, sometimes you'd be like, damn, 17K, that's it depending on the rapper. Other times, you know, whenever we're not so, I guess, have that mental competitive space for some of our favorite rappers or artists. It's like, I, at the end of the day, 17K. But the baby, 17K, baby on baby too. When we throw, you know, a little bit of shots, we coming back, we try, I wouldn't say trying to make the comeback, but, you know, keeping the pressure. This was surprising for me to see the baby doing 17k first week now not surprising in the fact that oh i was expecting him to do 100k plus i was expecting him to do 50k plus actually i take that back i think i was expecting him to do 50k but to go over this 17k first week i personally i didn't see a lot of promo behind this album 
there wasn't the usual singles before the album dropped, at least to what I was aware. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. Let me, let me go back a bit. From what I was aware, whatever, what I was able to see, I didn't see much singles being pushed, a lot of promotion. You know, the usual stuff before the album. Hey, we got the merch. Hey, we got this. Stay tuned. The performances, it was more along the lines like, oh, Baby on Baby 2 dropping. From my perspective, that's how it was. And seeing on, on how there wasn't that much promo for it, I could understand why the numbers were less than 50K. Now, an artist like the Baby, someone who's had a crazy run the past couple years, this was a bit of a shocker. And there's this narrative, whether it's the baby saying or other people that, oh, the baby is being blackballed. To what degree? To what degree is the baby being blackballed to where this is the reason he's getting 17K? Let's just assume he was able to get into a couple more playlists, a couple more platforms posted about it. I maybe don't see this album passing 23K, to be real. I don't see it going over 23K. So as far as the baby and being blackballed by the industry, whether it's because his comments at the Rolling Loud, whether it's the fact that he collaborated with Youngboy, I'm not buying it, especially seeing how Youngboy is still able to chart being blackballed. Youngboy actually being blackballed. Whether it's from other rappers in the industry, whether it's from platforms, Youngboy legitimately is blackballed by the industry and is able to pull crazy numbers to the power of his fan base and ultimately his own music. The baby doing 17K, it ain't because he's blackballed. It's just overall his fan base, the baby fans, they either, they're not loving that music as much as they used to or it's just that part of the baby's career where the follow you're hitting the fall off, at least when it comes to number, as far as music quality. Again, music is subjective, depending on whoever. Y'all know, y'all know the deal when it comes to that talk, but the couple tracks that I listened to were enjoyable. Is this an album I'm going to listen to throughout my normal day, throughout the week? No. But I, I, don't, I don't believe I was ever the baby fan. One thing I can say, though, is anytime the baby has a music video, I believe it's with real goats. It usually ends up pretty, pretty good. Amazing. Amazing music video. So I could see the effort still being put in. Anyhow, 70K, the baby, young boy, still doing his thing. And interesting, interesting statistic right here by hip hop numbers. Lil Baby in his 135th week outsold the baby in his first week by 4K. My turn, Lil Baby, phenomenal, phenomenal album that standing the test of time. And that's insane. 21K. In his 135th week. Just some notable things to take a look at. For anybody else interested in this hip-hop numbers on Instagram. Going forward from there, from there, I believe Denzel Curry. This might not be the exact statement. Saying music videos. Music videos. Just ain't... You know what? I should search up the exact statement. Because whenever I'm on here, usually I'm running off of memory. Or just like, maybe that faint memory. So let me get on here. But Denzel Curry basically saying that, hey, as far as music videos, everybody doing music videos right now just ain't it. And I'm not fully buying it. Or well, at least, yeah, I'm not fully buying that comment by Denzel Curry, who makes amazing music videos. When it comes to the music videos for his tracks, they're like movies, genuine movies. But I feel 
I believe music videos right now in rap are at some of its highest point. I genuinely believe that. Denzel Curry music video comments. Just to get the exact quote, y'all know I like looking. Y'all know I like looking at the exact quote at certain times. I'm not able to pull it up at the moment. By the way, sometimes I feel like using Google. Right now I'm using what is it? The Brave. The Brave. Wow. <laughs> the Brave browser. And as much as I love privacy and security, the fact that I Google some, the fact that I search something up in their search bar sometimes, and I get like the worst results or no results. It's like security, privacy information in the palm of my hand, which one outweighs the other. So yeah, to dive quickly into that music videos right now, I believe they're doing amazing. I mean, I just mentioned the baby with his music videos. I could talk about Cole Bennett. I believe Mosh Pit. And there's another music video director. I'm not remembering at the moment, but we could definitely, I'll dig into this deeper in the following episode because we're going to keep on track to what we had scheduled. Boruto, manga, chapter. Can y'all help me out? Can y'all help me out with this? You know, I like the visuals. Boruto Manga Chapter 73 was a bit lackluster. I believe there was a lot of commentary in this chapter that wasn't necessary. And, you know, whether we're talking about this, the stuff that we already know, Boruto has, has these weird moments where it's like you feel the pacing is great. Things are moving along. And then it just goes to a complete standstill. And it isn't for the sake of, well, we need to flesh out the story, see where all the characters at. I feel chapter 73, everything that went on from the interactions with the whole entire squad, Baruto, Sarada, Shikamaru, this all could have been cut maybe seven chapters at the most, really. Seven chapters at the most, it could have been cut. It could have just been a simple, hey, here's your mission. We already know that Ada is in love with Baruto, not in love, um, with Kawaki. She's infatuated with him. The fact that Baruto and Kawaki are immune to her abilities. We've already been through this multiple, multiple times. And now the fact that we have to sit through it again for the squad to understand the mission. It's like, this could have been something. Hey, Shikamaru, tell him, hey, she got a crush on you. Maybe write, do a panel of like the mission paper. That way we all understand it. I sort of understand the emphasis on this to let Ada know, like, I understand you're listening to us. I understand you listening to us. And for the most part, you know our plan. I'm going to let him know. But also understand by me saying this, we're going to be keeping our eyes on you. So Shikamaru, a bit of a power play by having Kawaki and Baruto make sure like, hey, Ada, she's into Kawaki. Make sure whatever happens, she falls in love with this man. <laughs> I want you to get her that ring. Get her that ring. Do whatever you got to do. Don't break her heart. Don't be a heartbreaker. And at the same time, this is us keeping her on check. This is Kawaki Baruto being the surveillance, the squad surveilling them, and then other miscellaneous Hidden Leaf Village, um, Hidden Leaf Ninjas just keeping tracks of how everything's going. A couple things. A couple things going from there. Privacy. I believe privacy is going to take a major dip when it comes to Ada interacting with Kawaki or Baruto. And that might be an issue that eventually she's wanna, she wants to get away from. Secondly, them by them, Baruto and Kawaki putting this effort to please her and make her fall in love and don't do anything that she's going to be disinterested or potentially destroy the village is not going to work out. I, I think I think we could all say we, we will see this coming from a mile away. 
just because it's the fact that they're not infatuated with her because of her abilities that she's attracted to them because everybody else is, I know you in love with me, but that's mainly because of my abilities, not the fact that I actually, y'all actually like me. So we're going to see the double-edged sword that's going to come along with that, which is going to make some interesting conflict. Now, before I go continue on with chapter 73, in the previous chapter, we have Cold going to the Jubi, dividing the Jubi up into individual Jubis. And honestly, it just reminded me of the end of Shippuden when they were with the White Zetsus. Or even then, the Jubi, when it split up there, it's boring. It's boring because if we don't get any unique abilities out of these Jubis, out of these Tentails individually, and they're just going to be powerhouses, similar to like the Nomus in My Hero, well, technically Naruto did it first, We've seen it before. We've seen it done again. We finally reach a point of Baruto where the enemies are actually quite interesting. Whether we're talking about Ada's brother with the fact with the if you have an intent to kill him, it gets reflected back. Ada with her own abilities to make anybody fall in love with her. We have a good amount of creativity going on. Cold with the claws is also pretty dope as well. So now to have just sort of um these brute forces until we see more of them just coming back out clones of each other, sort of giving that white Zetsu, that white Zetsu atmosphere we had in the war arc, I feel it was a cop-out. I feel it's like, all right, let's just throw some filler in there. That way we can have more characters interacting with them. That way we could get everybody involved. Because we're at a point for the most part, viewing Baruto, viewing Kawaki, even Shikamaru, y'all saw him, he retired, went straight to the massages. You're not going to be doing any damage. And realistically, a lot of people should be dead when they're in these fights. But then they're just going to stand on the, uh, on the sidelines, put their jerseys on, Baruto jerseys, start, I don't know, celebrating, throwing fireworks, whatever the case is, while people are getting, while people are getting Chidori through the chest. That's why, that's where I see them implementing this. So for me, it's just like, be expecting a couple moments where people are fighting, they're fighting the Jubies to show off their power-ups and they're not going to be that strong. Now, towards the end, there was a moment where Momoshiki appeared right next to Baruto whenever Kawaki, what what Baruto was next to Kawaki, and that sort of spooked me just because it came out of nowhere. Lower left panel, page thirty eight. Baruto's looking by Momoshiki's looking. Kawaki notices. Not only that, so does Sasuke. Sasuke, but Naruto doesn't. Now could it be that Naruto is because Naruto doesn't have the nine tails anymore? Yes. Come on, man. This man's a Hokage. We got Sage Mode mastered at the least and not being able to sense Momoshiki. There's a little bit. I'm having a gripe with that. I'm having a gripe with that. Sasuke, knowing Momoshiki's presence, knowing Momoshiki's presence, and it's still reminding him about a particular day. Not Momoshiki in general, but this feeling is similar to that day, I wonder. I'm more curious about that. I can't recall that specific manga panel manga panel and what Sasuke was, what he was doing. But the fact that it's going back to one day, what does this mean as far as the Momoshiki Baruto dynamic? What's going on as far as their DNA? And I don't know if it is foreshadowing, but seeing Sasuke with a Rene Sharingan in the past, it was a bit of a teaser. It almost felt like, okay, he still has it. He moved his hair to Rene Sharingan is there. But I feel it's foreshadowing that his eye, even though he got stabbed, bleeding, murked, on the sidelines, flag on the field, coach, give him some Gatorade, he's going to be okay. So overall, to recap, Baruto chapter 73, we slow things down to a terrible, terrible pace. 
there's a lot of regurgitated information that us, the viewers, already understood. But having to see the characters catch up on that, it sort of feels sort of feels like I'm the main protagonist. And now I'm like, all right, Shikamaru, catch them up because we already we already up to speed. We up to speed and everybody else having to painfully understand. All right. And again, we could have condensed this whole entire chapter into maybe five pages monologue, honestly, of, all right, here's the mission. This is what we need to do. From there, we could have went on to Boruto. Kawaki, Naruto, Sasuke with the whole presence sort of fact, you know, Naruto not acknowledging it, Sasuke is. Maybe give a little bit more information on there. However, we don't get, we don't get everything panned out the way we want. All right, we already got two. Two out of the topics for the episode, we're going to be going over to an interesting stat. Saw this posted. Yeet surpasses over 10 million Spotify listeners. Real big numbers. Real big numbers over the past, what, two to three years. I don't want to say from zero, maybe a couple hundred. I haven't been there since the beginning. But, you know, from whatever to 10 million, it's crazy, especially doing this independent. I'm not sure if he... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Yeet is independent, but surpassing over 10 million Spotify listeners. That's some crazy numbers, y'all. I don't know if you're listening to Yeet. If you are, which project you bumping right now? Which tracks are you enjoying? I'm still listening to Up To Me as my regular go-to Yeet project. Up To Me just has a special place in my heart. And that's an interesting step for, for Yeet. We here. We here for the single, single what is singles? Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs, Rabbit Vision coming in at what? What was that? They're not gonna give me, they're not gonna give me the proper time on here. And so they're gonna give me this 30 seconds. I got y'all. You know, I enjoy doing these podcasts like this before. I will have the reviews a lot more structured. I also appreciated that too. But having this feeling like a live stream, now nah, I'm just trying to make something good out of this. I, I <laughs> you don't understand how much it, maybe you do. It irks me whenever I have things planned, but whenever it's time to actually speak about it or do it for whatever reason, something pop out. Okay, coming in at three minutes and 13 seconds, Rabbit Vision production from Justice, Justice League. Production on here, glows a little bit. We got some chimes, we got some shimmers, but... Freddie Gibbs a bit more introspective as far as his flow, as far as his flows. They're passive, not so quite aggressive, but to the point where after a couple bars, you're feeling that gruntness. You're feeling that gruntness. You're feeling a bit of the grittiness. Some of the more, some of the more notable stuff on this track is whenever Freddie Gibbs is reflecting back on, you know, whether it was him and Yeezy's relationship, they still haven't spoken years, but Freddie Gibbs having love for him. Freddie Gibbs reflecting on the fact that he needed to grow. He was too immature. He needed to know. And even, you know, having a little bit of fun with some of the bars. These diamonds come from pressure. Sometimes I feel like we're so dope just to impress. And man, there's so much beef within the game. This should be stressing. Having things go from the usual stuff that, all right, those are some pretty bars. They sound pretty dope to maybe we need to step back. Freddie Gibbs going on into some of the past relationships or mistake or even obstacles that he's going through at the moment make Rabbit Vision an enjoyable track. And one of the one of the ones that caught my ears throughout the first listen, because there was a couple tracks I could have stopped. The one with Rick Ross, I was like, 
I was thinking of doing this as the first review. But I was just like, I might want to spend that one more time. And as far as the hook on here, it's pretty nice. A lot of shit, it broke my heart, but it fixed my vision. Dug it in that ash and I'm clutching the shift to lane switch. Continuing on from there, Freddie Gibbs doing nice, nice. That's like my new favorite word anytime my brain just gets into this, um, this bit of loading, this loading space. But pretty smooth going from the bars into the chorus, something that Freddie Gibbs over the past couple years has mastered incredibly, genuinely mastered. Freddie Gibbs, Rabbit Vision. How y'all feeling about the track? Three minutes and 13 seconds, and it felt just right. I'm not going to say it passed by too quick, but it did pass by enough to where it's like, wow, that was, that was three minutes. And at the end, how can we forget about the end? Joel Rogan outro. Smoking is not permitted on this floor of the Triple S Resort. And tying that in with the soul sold separately. We're buying into it. I, I just love the way everything is neatly packaged. And as far as the rest of the album, I can't wait to speak more about it. Now, from here, we're going on to Roddy Rich Stop Breathing. Earlier in the year, dropping the album wasn't received in the best way it could have been. Critically, me, I, I enjoyed a couple tracks on there, but I specifically, I remember Thailand being one of the tracks on the album. I'm like, this really made the cut. Someone listened to the hook of Thailand and just heard him, I wouldn't say struggling, but the tone and pitch on the hook for Thailand didn't sound polished. And that's something that with Roddy Rich, Roddy Rich, he doesn't have the most amazing singing voice, but it at least sounds polished when we hear him on a hook or rapping melodically. There was a lot of instances of that in Living Life Fast. Hope I got the album right. But anyhow, Stop Breathing, Roddy Rich. We're gonna, again, have to search it up even though I had this already. Stop Breathing, Roddy Rich, coming in at 1 minute and 51 seconds. You guys know I'm thinking about getting the exact second. Production from Turbo Jetson Made. And this is going to be coming off his upcoming project, Feed the Streets 3. I'm going to be real with y'all. Roddy Rich, I enjoy a quick track. If it's, if it's a banger, if it's something that we're going to be blasting on the speakers, not to say this track we won't blast on the speakers, but less than two minutes, Something, you know, a project that you've been hyping up yourself because you acknowledge the last album wasn't as hard. You got to feed us a little bit more. You're trying to feed the streets, but a track coming at barely two minutes feels like we're getting a couple appetizers, a couple crumbs. As far as the hook, look out the window. What do I see? A couple yachts. They got some thoughts that trot the seven <laughs> Yo, listen, uh, production for Turbo and Jetson made. It's nice. <laughs> It's nice, but when I when I was when I heard that, I was just like, all right, yachts, thoughts, trot the seven seas. Feels like a pirate that time traveled into our present day and is trying to keep up with some of the some of the slang, some of the wordplay, and he's trying to like fit in. It's just like, yeah, pirate ship thoughts. Yeah. Instead of instead of the usual boats, we got he's trying to be on the yachts, but he's trying to trot the seven seas. It's funny. And as bad as I think this bar is, it gets some points for me because it is funny. And going into verse one, Mustard just sent a new Ferrari. I just might cop me one. They can't be rich. They just trying to make a carbon copy of him. Rich, Roddy Rich, we get the tie-in. Mustard, you know, DJ Mustard, you know, him. 
him and Roddy always collaborating, sending him a Ferrari. That's a nice gift. Nothing, nothing on here as far as the first verse that's just catching that's going to be, oh, wow, that was, a, that was a nice bar that's going to give me that earworm where I'm just somewhere casually like, oh, man, I'm rapping this song and continue gravitating for it. It's very, very simplistic and the imagery isn't paying off. Bracelets on my right wrist. I got 80 on my fragrance strong. Trying to tie in as far as the worth on the jewelry, as far as the fragrance. I'm not buying into it either. Going back into the hook. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. That's going to, you know what? That's my review. Roddy Rich Stop Breathing review is going to be based on this one bar. A couple yachts. They got some thoughts that trot the seven seas. <laughs> That's it. That's the review. If you're into, if you want to be in the atmosphere of a pirate trying to be, trying to mesh into, um, I don't know, somehow you time traveled into the present, you're trying to, get, trying to understand all the slang terms, this is it. That's the review, done deal. But to finish it off, finish it off in the second verse, it's hard to stomach that. I'm running, I'm running, I'm out running laps and I ain't coming back. Maybach jumping like a jumping jack off the mumble rap. This was. Roddy Rich stop breathing. A painfully average track from Roddy Rich. With if we if we rely on the instrumental carry us through, we're gonna make it to the shore. But for the most part, we're drowning in the ocean. We're genuinely not breathing, and I feel it's a bit disrespectful to label this track "Stop Breathing" when we have Playboy Cardi having a track called "Stop Breathing." The same way basketball players, the same way NBA organizations retire jerseys, we need to have an establishment that retires song title. I don't want nothing else other than Playboy Cardi. Other, I don't want anybody else other than Playboy Cardi having a song named Stop Breathing. And that's the review for Roddy Rich. Stop Breathing. We get it repetitive a bit. And after Freddie Gibbs' Rabbit Vision, Roddy Rich Stop Breathing, I felt a lot better about the Roddy Rich review. I might just do like a, a 2.0 version of the Freddie Gibbs. Quavo, take off. Nothing change. This is an upcoming symbol upcoming symbol, single for the album Only Built for Infinity Links. Production from Marcel Mars. I can't pronounce the, the rest of that. And DJ Darrell. Yo, that's going to be me and me just like. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. Coming in at 3 minutes and 20 seconds. Quavo and Takeoff. Going far, far, far back. All the way to Hannah Montana. Up until this point. Having the split from Offset. Don't know the reason. Nor do I really care. Because I enjoy just having Quavo and Takeoff as well. Production. Production on here. Let me give it another. Let me give it a little listen for you guys. The bass, the treble, a bit slow, a bit patient, sort of sneaks up on you. We got Quavo and Takeoff more melodic, not as speedy as I would like from Takeoff. With the lack of offset, someone who usually, for me, delivers some fast, some fast, sharp bars, sort of you know, in the boxing sense. And nothing changed. Quavo and Takeoff sort of being more laid back. There's this bit of energy that unfortunately it's missing that we would have got from the whole entire Migos collective. But to just appreciate Quavo and take off, this is, this is a nice laid back track to, no, just, I wouldn't say keep on the, keep in the background. You could definitely play this with your speakers on the headphones in the whip, but I would, I would, I would enjoy it a bit more, a bit more juice out of here. As far as the hook, don't nothing change, but the chains, we on your head like a bang, all double R's, no range. And I'm loving the simplistic rhyme scheme we got on here as far as the um, the words at the end. Chains, bang, range. We get a little bit of rhythm. We get a little something that's going to be like, all right, we could... Something to latch on as far as uh, potentially getting an earworm. And for those of you guys saying, man, earworm, what does that mean? It's like, 
you ever walk around, if I remember the definition correctly, walk around and have like a bit of a track just stuck in your ear. That's the earworm. It keeps repeating until you eventually listen to it. And someone correct me if I'm wrong. Someone please correct me. And with Quavo starting off with the hook, something that we all come to understand. But I would appreciate maybe in the album, if we got takeoff, going on some more of the hooks and taking Quavo away from it. If we're going to have a not a new dynamic duo, but this duo together, let's try some new things. First verse, run it up. That's it. Eminem's whole tick. Don't mind if I do it. I get it. I love my brothers. I split it. Going on from there, ending some of the Ryan skis, hitting on top of city, backflips, classes, Quavo, making everything sound fresh. Give credit to Quavo on making everything sound fresh. And some of the ad-libs towards the ends just gives it that spice, a little more detail that is just something we know from the usual Migos crew and gives us some more replayability. The only part that sort of takes this track away, coming at three minutes and 30 seconds where it's a bit slow, the production isn't carrying it as much. It's the fact that we get Quavo hook, Quavo bars, Quavo hook again before we finally get takeoff. I would have appreciated on this track would have started off with Takeoff, and then we eventually would have got with Quavo. Going into Takeoff, Takeoff's verse, similar to how Quavo started in the simplistic rhyme scheme of him ending ending everything with the chain, chain, stain, lane, clean, brain, veteran name. Something that, all right, throughout the track, we all understand. This is kind of this is the kind of vibe we're gonna be going from here. And some things to be relatable. When you start getting a little change, watch how your partners and everything change. Thank you, Takeoff. We we all need to take a step back and understand. All right. You get them chains, watch everybody else around. <laughs> Yo, if I'm really, if I really want to put this in a route where, all right, let's get something educational out of it. When you start, start leveling up, watch the people around you. Watch whoever trying to eat at your pockets. Overall, nothing changed. Quavo and Takeoff, unfortunately, nothing really changed between these two in this track. We could have spiced things up a little bit more, but... Going off for the fact that it's still a great track. We still get those fun ad-libs. We still get those fun spaces in between bars where you're just, I wouldn't say floating, but we're just sort of hanging in there, just vibing along with the production and nothing changed. Quavo Takeoff. I almost forgot about the food ratings. I'm going to have to give this. Can I relate it to the cake batter? Cookie crumble cookie. That's it. We're going to tie it in with that content. Now to end off this episode, Thank you guys for going through this. Me changing, me changing the way I handle these podcast episodes from, you know, individual track reviews to eventually just sort of flowing into various topics, treating it more so like a podcast. We have one man show over here. So at times I have moments where it sort of looks like I'm buffering, sort of pausing, and I'm still getting adjusted to the fact that I have to look at the camera, understand how to carry myself and speak. So I appreciate you guys if you made it this far. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to continue to improve as far as, can I say performance? My performance is front of the camera as far as my speaking, mannerism, and of course, the quality content that I give you guys. I want to reach a point where the same way I would do them 10-minute breakdowns for the songs, we could do flawlessly throughout the podcast episodes. And we're going to get there. We are going to get there. We, we killed that Roddy Rich one, man. Pirates. Pirates. Going into October, one thing I want to start implementing on the Vivid Nectar, Vivid Nectar Instagram, my Instagram, the platform, y'all already know, man. I'm going to be, I'm going to have to repost some music again. When I listen to an artist, so on and so forth, I just be like, damn, I could talk about it. But I also want to post up the music. And I just feel not that my music taste is 
definitely different from anybody else. But it's just some artists that I listen to or some songs that I, I believe need a little bit more love on the internet. We need to show on the gram. We need to show it on these artists. So for the month of October going forward, I'm going to be bringing back some tracks onto the feed to be reposted. Going to continue on a consistency for track of the days, track of the nights. And if we were to go over some of my reels right now, because y'all know I like to go over some of my reels for some, some extra topics. The Crumble Cookie cookie review series. We got about two more cookies, maybe three more if I remember correctly. This is something I want to be almost on a weekly basis, something we're going to have on the podcast as far as food reviews, like cookies, cookie reviews. We're definitely going to be having that. It's just a matter of me. Hey, crumble cookies, they, they're not cheap, man. I'm not about to buy a pack of cookies every single week. But once we're getting to the point where the platform is able to facilitate that content by facilitate pay for that content and we could continue that cycle. We're going to be getting even more delicious bites on the feed. I posted a burger five burger review because I enjoy eating burgers. And something I know I'm a little bit everywhere. Something I've been noticing too is learning how to tame my facial expressions when I speak. I don't know, maybe it's just me overthinking it. But when I look back on some of my videos and I have to painfully watch them through, <clears throat> painfully having to watch some of my videos through. I'm just like, am I twitching a little too much when I speak? My too many facial expressions, but we're going to keep rocking with it. So the food content, happy that it's being a lot more consistent. I, unfortunately, I can't keep rocking them out, going out everywhere. But the goal is to get to the point where my platform is able to pay for my food content that's able to make more money, so on and so forth. So we could continue to see that. Kid Cudi Intergalactic just released last night, along with various other albums. I spoke about how I've been very hyped and excited. I've been waiting two, three years from rumors to discussions to it being finalized to it being a thing. So be expecting episode reviews from there. Vivid Nectar merch. This is Shane Ramos. Shane Ramos. Pimp a butterfly t-shirt. I don't got it on me right now, but I'm speaking about it. Vivid Nectar merch with the Kanye design is available. Click the link in my bio. I'm going to have the link right here under the podcast. Check it out. And I have a bit of a deep dive earlier on my feed on the shirt, the process, having the design for two years. So I'm going to do another deep dive on it. But again, we're going to be promoting it every single time on here. Uh, Another thing I want to place an emphasis on for those of you guys that are listening, uh, whether it's on YouTube or streaming platforms, subscribe on YouTube. Drop them likes, drop them comments, tell everybody else, yo, subscribe. Seriously, tell them, tell them to do it. One of my goals before the end of the year is, is to get monetized on YouTube. Because again, we're trying to get this bread to facilitate the content and eventually reach a state. And by eventually, I, it's close, it's close, but reach a state where, of course, the content that I'm providing is able to not only facilitate the money for more content, but my own my own bills, my own expenses, because once we get to that point, trust me, the content's just going to continue to level up. So right now we're in the grind. For those of you listening right now, y'all know what to do. Subscribe to that YouTube if you haven't done it. Vivid Nectar, I'll provide the links down here as well. So going over to Kid Cudi, some of the food reels, Vivid Nectar merch with the Kanye design. Definitely check that out on the link. Definitely check that out on the links in the bios. Practicing speaking better. And, you know, I got like... I got my lazy voice and then I got my podcast voice that I'm slowly bringing out. As far as some of the backgrounds, I got a couple more that I'm going to implement into the Instagram feed. 
And right now I'm feeling like Kanye on the last call for his album. So I'm going to wrap things up. Vivid Nectar podcast episode 240. Hope y'all enjoyed it. We had some brain buffers, plenty of discussions on here, and I'm excited for the next episode. I'll catch y'all later.